Well, Jerome Powell opens the door to a 50 basis point hike in the March FOMC meeting. But with markets largely priced for this, both in terms of rate expectations and also US dollar positioning, and with the non-farm payrolls and US CPI print looming large, it could get a little bit wild and a little bit spicy in financial markets over the next week or so. We break it down in the trade-off. Well, hi, I'm Chris Weston from Pepperstone. I'm going to be joined in two seconds by Mona Me, Blake Morrow from Forex Analytics. And we're going to be discussing all the factors that are going through in this crazy world of markets. And it's going to get a bit wild, as I say, over the next week or so. There's a couple of event, event risks that everyone needs to have on their radars, whether you're trading the US dollar, whether you're trading gold, equity indices, rates, or whatever it is at the moment, um, markets could get a little bit wild. I think yeah, if you look at the options market in terms of implied volatility, you've started to see people betting uh, of in more intense movement coming through the markets, which is fantastic to see. We all like a little bit of movement. Uh, and it's really how you respect that movement as a trader that will keep you in the game going forward. So Mr. Morrow, come back into the programme, if you would. Uh, how's it going over there in uh, in Scottsdale? It's going great, you know, but I'm at the tail end of my nice weather and I'm, I'm, I'm bracing for the hot weather now. So other than that, everything's great. Well, we're the opposite, man. So we, we've just gone through uh, what's been a fairly poor summer in Melbourne. And I'm saying that as an Englishman as well. But, uh, you know, we, we're sort of getting into the tail end of it and it's going to start getting a bit cold as well. So I'll take your heat every day of the week if you want to swap it for, for my cold weather. But I'll tell you what's I, not going like to get. Flip-flop. Sorry? I like wearing flip-flops. We call them thongs, mate. It's thongs over this way. But uh, yeah, um, and and you'd look really good in flip flops, I'm sure. Um, but uh, and and budgie smugglers as well. But <laughs> we won't go there. I'll tell you where it's going to get hot. It's going to get hot in financial markets. So let's go into the markets. Let's go into topical thunder. Okay, let's go into the rates market because we talked about it. Oh, we seem to talk about it every week. It's this obsession that we've got with interest rates. And I've made the case recently that, that, that rate hikes are continue to be priced in and the market seems to be quite resilient in that. I know we've seen... Uh, you know, post Powell's you know, semi-annual testimony to the Senate, you know, some big vol coming into markets, rate expectations have moved up, the dollar strengthened, and you know, we saw equity markets down a little bit, gold got you know, hit pretty badly, silver even more so. But um, you know, we've been pretty resilient in, in the face of this, this continued steepening in the terminal rate in the US. And I think that's because growth has been pretty good. Uh, and the market's saying that we're not going to necessarily go out and, and short risk in any kind of great size until we do see growth dynamics faltering, despite what we've been seeing in bond markets and rate markets. Uh, and I still believe that's the case. I think, you know, until we see growth really coming under pressure and, you know, the word recession getting used again, um, that, 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 that we'll see resilience playing through. But I think if we look now, Blake, um, the market is saying that, that on balance, we're, we're going to get a 50 basis point hike. We can focus that in, in the non-farm payrolls because that's going to be one of the big factors that, that, that will drive that, that pricing. Um, but at the moment, we've got th- what, 43 basis points of tightening being priced into the March FOMC meeting. The terminal rate now is at, what, 562 or so, so 109 basis points of, of cumulative pricing. Going to Europe and you know, we're seeing you know, 50, nearly 50 basis points uh, being priced for next, next week's ECB meeting. Um, yeah, we've got other central banks. We can talk about the divergent side of things, which are, are on a pause at the moment. But you've basically got the Fed and the ECB as as, as the most hawkish central banks out there. And, and Jerome Powell stepped it up, didn't he? And, and, he, and he said, I've got game here. I'm, I'm bringing the hawkish game back into town. The dollars responded quite nicely to that. So we're looking at a situation now where rates volatility has, has just ballooned. So how are you seeing this at the moment? Well, for, first of all, he... he it, 
he had to come out hawkish yesterday. I mean, just think about it. he's on the center stage in front of legislators that are really, you know, talking to their constituents and they're talking about inflation. All they hear about is prices and inflation. So, of course, he's going to get hammered. And of course, he's going to come in and tell and tell them a certain story. He had to, um, you know, I, I you know, rates markets interesting. And I think it's a lot like any other market that you deal with, whether you're dealing in a bull or bear market until the last person is out and unconscious and not, you know, and, and, and folds then we're going to continue to see the rates market continue higher. You know, I still hear people that believe that that interest rates are going to get cut sometime in 2023. And until those nah, people no get chance. knocked out and dragged the hell out of the room, we're probably going to continue to see, a, a, you know, rates continue to go higher near term. And and uh, I don't think anybody should have been surprised by, by you know, the FOMC chairman. Let me ask Powell's, you a question, Blake. Let me uh, ask you a question. So... They've gone down. They've they've stepped down to twenty five basis points. To step up now again so soon to fifty basis points, that's got to be a bitter pill for for Powell to swallow. Is it? It's not a great look for the central bank. It's not, but it's not also. But you you look at the data consistently is stronger. So I think it's going to really hinge on our next topic, which happens to be jobs. Okay, look at that. Well Woo. done. You're right like a professional at that. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that was pretty good. Um, you know, it's really going to hinge on our jobs report. And, you know, we, we got a glimpse of what to expect with ADP today, which came in better than expected. But also, and I know it's a volatile number and some people are not going to hang their hat on that. But I don't know if you caught the ISM data last week either, you know, and the employment compo- components there. You know, and and we have the uh, the uh, Jolts jobs report came in, you know, pretty healthy and strong. So there are plenty of jobs available. So it does look like our jobs report will at least come in somewhere in line. I know there might be some revisions. That's what people are going to be focused on. But how are you going to play this, Chris? Because uh, first and foremost, I, I think people continue to bet against the U.S. economy, and they 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 hope that they're going to see start to see weakening data that helps the stock market go higher from this point. But how are you going to play it? I mean, I, I look at the dollar. The dollar looks very strong and rambunctious, to be frank. And it's breaking out against so many currencies. You even look at the dollar Swiss that 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 fell following the the, the uh, Swiss inflation data this week. It reversed course and we're knocking our head right up against 94.30 there. You know, when you see a breakout of the dollar against everything, it's hard to contain it. And, uh, you know, I, I, how, how are you going to play it? I mean, I know where I want to play the dollar short. That's going to be against the yen. And I'm still playing the yen playbook, not so much the dollar. But what would you be? What would be your bullish dollar scenario? And what would you be playing? If it's just so, so hard, isn't it? Look, it <clears throat> as a trader, right? So I'm looking at the form guide. The yeah. non-farm payrolls has beaten expectations in the last 10 consecutive non-farm payrolls reports. It's beaten Crazy. in 11 out of the last 12. So last time it missed, I think, was, was April of 2022. So the form guide suggests that, that, that we beat expectations. What I did is I looked at the, the top five ranked analysts who have been calling the payrolls number, um, and, and their average call is 250. The best ranked um, caller of the payrolls is SockGen. They've got 280. So I, I think, yeah, the market, based on those two factors, the top five and also the form guide, I think the market's positioned for a strong number. The consensus is around 220. Um, we've got to look at the earnings. Average hourly earnings matter, if not more, uh, to the market. Um, and we're looking for, what, 0.3 of a percent month for month, 4.7%. So that matters a lot. Take a simplistic playbook. The market is expecting a strong number. So 
I think if we get a weak number relative to like 150 or below, there's going to be a much more pronounced move in the US dollar to the downside than if we get a hot number. But where's the probability? The probability is we get a hot number. So would I be shorting dollars? I think that's the way to look at it. I agreed that I agree with that, but that was my thinking going into the Powell testimony. Everybody's expecting a hawkish Powell. He came out and the dollar absolutely is on fire. So I think that's because that's because the market expected him to 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 sort of veer towards this 25 basis point. He didn't. He showed no propensity for uh, or bias for a 25 basis point. Uh, and he said, "If we, we'll step up the pace if we need to." And, and everyone says, well, where's the balance of risk for payrolls? It's to the upside. Where's the balance of risk for CPI next week? It's to the upside. A 50 basis point now is the default position of the market. He opened the door. He said, come and have a piece of this 50 basis point. So the market said, we'll take that every day of the week. We'll take it off you. And uh, that's where we are now. So the, yeah, the, again, sorry, producer, I'm running over time. Um, but where do we think the, the, the payrolls and the CPI are going to come out above consensus? Probably. But where's the shock factor? It would be obviously given that the market's positioned for that, you're going to get a big, big, big reaction to the downside in the US dollar if we miss on both of those. Is it likely or unlikely there? So anyway, I want to go into the strategy side of things because one of the factors that we've noticed um, recently, you know, post Powell, when po- when Powell said, "I'm bringing my hawkish game," uh, we've got Christine Lagarde, you know, bringing her hawkish game as well. The ECB, you know. Elizabeth uh, Schnabel, for example, are bringing that. They're clearly more worried about inflation than any of a central bank in Europe. But then you've got the you've got the RBA who have said pretty much that yeah, look, we're probably going to get a rate hike uh, in the April meeting, and then they'll go on an extended pause, depending what happens with that late April or Q1 CPI print. But they'll probably go on a pause. The Bank of Canada have said we're going on an extended pause, but we just retain the, the ability to raise rates if we need to. Um, you know, there's all other central banks. Bank of Japan, obviously, very, very bearish, uh, very dovish. But you've got this this wide divergence that are creeping up, and that's supporting the dollar, it's supporting the euro to an extent. Uh, the Aussies getting getting hit, and you're seeing that in yield differentials. So one of the big trades that we like has has been this 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 central bank divergence. The dispersions that you're seeing in stances is clearly resonating in trends and effects markets. So how much have you noticed that, and how are you trading it? Well, first of all, I don't know if you recall the last week's my play of the day was the Euro Aussie and uh, to the upside because, I, hey, you know, well, the RBA is they, they showed their hand. They are not they're, they're going to be steady as she goes. And you're right. You know, that those central bank divergences, you can see it playing out in the Euro Aussie, the Euro Canadian, the dollar Canadian, which I'll talk about here a little bit later. Uh, so make sure you stick around. And where's, for that. And where's the where's the, where's the where's the trade du jour? Mate, go and pull up a chart of Aussie Mexican peso. The RSIs Ooh. on the fourteen-day RSIs at thirteen. I haven't seen anything like it. You know, um, clearly, I'm not going to be going on holiday to Mexico anytime soon. But yeah, that that is so grossly oversold. The trend is just dun 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 down down down. Uh, would I be betting against it? I mean, that has got carry every day of the way. That is central bank divergence one hundred and one right there. Go and pull up a chart of Aussie Mex. You see that, that front and center. Yeah, yeah, you do. And, you know, the euro, uh, the dollar max. And I'm trying to catch a falling knife piano and getting whacked in the head every day with this, with the carry costs. You're, well, you're better than that, Blake. You're better than that. But, well, no, come on, man. I, I <laughs> These are my plays. This is my jam, Chris. But anyway, um, there are a few. I did not put it as one of the, you know, markets that I'm going to talk about today. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, those central bank divergences, I think you're seeing them in the FX market quite substantially. And this, the thing is, what I find most 
troubling with the trading community is people have a hard time understanding that when central banks, well, what moves interest rate or what moves currencies is central bank interest rate expectations and interest rate moves. So when those interest interest rate expectations diverge like that, you really have to respect them and try not to fade them. And, uh, you know, and that's why, like, I see the Euro Aussie blasting higher and it, it, you know, you got to be really careful with that because that that trend could continue. We just heard from the RBA two days ago. So, yeah, yeah. that's right. But I think, like, you know, I, I think when the second most important currency in the world for me, other than the US dollar, uh, is the Japanese yen, because you've got the most dovish central bank there. And I know we got a Bank of Japan meeting today, which will be a non-event. But, you know, once Oeda comes in um, and he's got a bit of time to mess around and given what we've seen from Tokyo inflation, that end of yield curve control is going to be such a big thematic. And what pension funds in Japan do with that capital when we start seeing you know, a high yield target going forward, that's just such a big elephant in the room. It's not there yet, and, and it may not happen for a couple of months, but the Japanese yen, I think, will be, and we've said it before, I think the, the, the second most important currency in the world at the moment, but certainly the euro is yeah, looking yeah. quite good there as well. And I believe it's going to be into the remainder of 2023, Chris. I could not agree with you more. And I can't, And I know we're going to be highlighting it every week here uh, at the trade-off, I'm sure. Um, now, I'm going to turn our, last, our attention to the last topic, which is the biggest topic I see reported on really over the last 24 hours is the the inversion of the yield curve continuing to steepen and what that means. And I mean, you got the twos rallying, tens kind of steady that that it just continues to invert. And people, uh, well, I got to ask you this because you, you're the rates expert in my view. And that's <laughs> one of the one of the benefits that, that Pepperstone has and Pepperstone traders have is having you at their disposal and your 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 real knowledge of the rates market. So Thanks, that, that's one thing I want to say. But with this increased yield uh, curve inversion, is it does it tell us, Chris? And this is where I'm going to ask you, and because I don't necessarily believe it, but does it tell you that this is going to be a more extended and pronounced recession that we might be facing, or is it just a number, round number that we're hitting? So, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. there? Well, I don't, I don't. Uh, as as a as a short term trader, I'm not so sure what benefit you know trying to extrapolate a recession i get what you're saying but and, and this isn't yeah. a criticism of your question but I, as a short-term trader you using the yield curve twos tens we just take that one for example which is trading negative yeah. 108 basis points at the moment the you know, deepest inversion we've seen for years you know getting that and what information that's going to give us to benefit our trading i don't think it's going to give us anything whatsoever uh where this where this comes as an interest to me if you i mean if you want to go and trade the yield curve it's it, you know basically by going you know, long or short the front end and going long the back end. I mean, it's difficult to do so because you've got to get your, your duration risk mixed up. And obviously, you know, two-year treasuries move at, or in theory, at a slower pace. So you've got to get that duration mix. It's very difficult for people to trade. But what I will say is, 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 is these curve flatteners, effectively, by people going short twos and going long the 10-year or the 30-year, so that sort of comes together. It's such a such a well-traded trade that if we get a weak non-farm payrolls number, you're going to see steepness. You're going to see a lot of that coming. That's That curve is going to steepen so, so rapidly as twos come down, as, as rate hike come out of that front end. 
So, I, I mean, I wouldn't be touching it to myself. Uh, I think it's such a well-worn trade. Everyone's in it. Every macro trade is, is so overweight, it's, you know, curve uh, flatteners at the moment that we could see such a pronounced move if we get a, uh, even the slightest miss in payrolls or, or CPI. Um, but, yeah, as a, as a trader, if I'm trading the dollar, you know, a flatter curve is not generally good for the US dollar, but the US dollar's not really reacting to it. So I'll, go, I'll throw this back to you. I mean... Uh, yeah, everyone's talking about it. I completely agree with that. Um, and it's generally when we see a steepness coming through that people are saying now people are positioned for the re- recession. But how would you? How are you using it for for your trading? Well, I'm not, and that's why you know I hear I hear people consistently talking about. It. That's why I want to bring it up for mm. topical thunder. Yeah. Is that I don't think it really matters to us. And 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 if you if you if you're one of those people saying, well, you know the the, the inversion of the yield curve, we're going to get a recession. I'm shorting equities. I mean, you've had a tough time. This year, I mean, yeah, yeah, equities have slid down a little bit, but really, I mean, you know, people have been talking this for the last six months. I I just want to wrap it up up here. The the way to do to look at this is is you've got this. It's like a a tennis serve, right? The the ball's been tossed up, and we know it's on the radar. It's it's when both the two year Treasury and the ten year Treasury yield are both coming down. And the two-year foot is falling. The yield is falling at a faster pace that that causes this rapid steepening. That's when equity markets are going to suddenly come down because what you're seeing then is growth really coming into its own, and people saying growth's under pressure. Rate hikes are being priced out. Rate cuts are being priced in, and that's when you get that rapid steepening of the curve. But both yields are falling, and that's when you start saying that's the time to start shorting equities. So that's the trigger point that you need to look out for. Anyway, let's go into some of the charts that are making mine. Let's go to That's a Setup. Uh, Blake, I want to talk about the US dollar. Can't go past it. I know you've got US uh, euro dollar on the back of that. I've got the Dixie. Can the Dixie kick? Uh, can it kick is the question I wanted to ask you. And I suppose you've got to answer that in, in euro dollar, given that the, the dollar index is 57% weighted as a basket towards the euro. Um, but look, I mean, if you look at price action, what I love is you've got that sort of that, that blue horizontal resistance level that came in, uh, 104.91. Uh, price sort of closed above that. And, and, and what we like after the Powell testimony is that it's price closed at the highs of the day. That shows that the bulls have been absolutely dominant in that bar. Uh, they were right to the bitter end until we got the rollover and the new candles. What we've seen in the candle, uh, yeah, just seen there is a doji. So there's been indecision. We saw market, you know, create a higher high, um, and then the bears pushed it back down. It makes a lot of sense, right? So you know that the market's position long of US, do- well, not that long of US dollars, but um, we haven't had any CFTC data for a while. But uh, you know, the investment banks are saying that markets sort of net long, but not by any kind of extremities. But people are sort of saying, well, you know, the rates market's definitely very short. Yeah, the, the yields are very high, and, and, and if we see a miss, then it could be a, a big downside move in the US dollar. So it makes sense that we've seen that indecision. The question for me is, I'm going to put a gun to your head, metaphorical, of course. Does this kick higher? How are you seeing this? Well, I mean, again, it's you got you got almost every, uh, you know, if you t- take it, think of it like an engine, you almost have every piston firing in this dollar trade. You know, you've got every currency pair breaking out or breaking down. Um, there's just a few uh, laggers right now. One of them, the Swissy that we talked about earlier, and then you got the dollar Mexican peso doing whatever the hell it's doing, and we no one can figure it out. Well, we can figure it out, but y- you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so, so because of that, I'd say gun to my head. I mean, the dollar is gonna defy odds, and you know, as long as the U.S. economy continues to defy odds in this uh, February jobs report, then I think the dollar is gonna have to do so as well. Uh, and Kicking and screaming and probably kicking down a lot of traders on the way. 
In terms right. of the fundamentals, uh, I know we just talked about the price action, and, and this is one that yeah, needs work, but it could start trending to the upside. Um, is the US economy right now the, the least dirty T-shirt, the best house in a shabby neighborhood? How, how are you seeing that very quickly? Uh, very quickly, I would say, you know, and I'm in one of those very extreme areas uh, that 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 lives and dies by the sword a little bit as far as a uh, uh, U.S. economy goes, because it's, you know, a lot of high end uh, people live where I live and uh, it's still, you know, people are still spending and people are still doing things. So it's I, I, I haven't seen it really affect, you know, the U.S. economy. And so I do think we we continue to be the least dirty shirt, at least right now. So we'll see. Maybe that uh, that that yield yield curve inversion that we're seeing, maybe it will eventually have an effect on the U.S. economy. But I don't, I, I you know, day to day, week to week, I'm not feeling it, and I, I don't think the dollar is either, based on your chart. You know, let's go look at the next chart, which is going to complement what you're talking about, uh, Chris. Is the euro, and um, I know the, the euro is going to be probably one of the better performing currencies. But you also have to realize that it actually has a head and shoulder pattern right now. It's it's coming into a 618 retracement. It's kind of holding there above this uh, 105.40, 105.30 level. You know, a break below that's going to usher in at least a move to the 200-day moving average. And I think that's a setup that we need to be paying attention to. Now, a lot of people look at this and say, well, you know, could it really make a move to parity? Based on the chart formation, it could. But based how the euro is performing against every other currency, euro sterling, euro Aussie, euro Kiwi, euro, well, not euro max, but euro anything else, you know, it looks good. So, so it's the, a dollar play. It's one, a dollar play. It's a dollar play. I think it is a dollar play, but yeah. you probably could actually find a better dollar to play it against. You know, you could probably short the the uh, the, the the Aussie dollar or maybe the Kiwi dollar would be even be a better trade. However, I wanted to po point this out because it is a setup. It's got technicals. It's it, it the 200 day looks like we're we're salivating to get to the 200 day moving average on a strong jobs number and maybe the days you know going into the CPI going into next week we could possibly reach for it on a strong number. So that's what I see as a setup. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, I mean fundamentally, I, I think you're right. I mean we, we always choose if if we like the dollar. We choose the weapon to, to to express it, which is the weak currency, and and the euro's got a lot going for it. Like a lot's priced in. You go, we got fifty basis points, pretty much a done deal for next week's ECB hike. Uh, if anyone wants to take the other side of that trade, yeah, I'm all ears. Write in the comments. I'd love to, to love to take your money. <laughs> Joking, um, but we've got 150 basis points being priced in now. You know, rates going above four percent. So you're looking at from here, the most aggressive central bank in G10. So the Fed are going to raise 106 basis points, so it's been priced in to the terminal peak pricing. The ECB are going to raise 150 basis points. Another central bank in G10 that are going to come close to, to being more aggressive. Is it priced in? You know, but is that going to support going forward? Um, and there's there's a lot to like because ECB rate expect sorry um, European inflation expectations are still moving higher relative to any other country, and that keeps the ECB very concerned about that. So I like the euro from that perspective, especially when European natural gas prices are, are being absolutely clobbered. Um, but yeah, like you say, that you, you make a very valid point. This is a setup, and this is a setup that that you know if it, if it breaks through that, that could have real ramifications. So yeah, big one, and put it on the radar. Talking about that because we did talk about head and shoulder patterns on the Aussie dollar a while back. It was my play of the day a couple of weeks ago, and it's just reached the 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 head and shoulder target. So if we can bring up the Euro Aussie because I want to marry that up because we've been talking about Euro there. Uh, Blake called this one really well. Um, but we can see that that we've broken out now. We've closed above that 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 um, yeah, the December highs that we saw. 
So when we're marrying this up in terms of central bank divergence, we are seeing <clears throat> and a diverging picture in terms of what's expected in rates from the ECB and also from, from, from the RBA as well. And you can see that the price action has really reflected that. So we've got a strong bullish trend, price has broken out. Uh, the question now is, is can we go into that, obviously the, the big resistance levels that we got from 20, you know, late 21 to into early 22, which you can see in the sort of black horizontal uh, resistance level there as well. It's trending, but the question for you, Blake, then is, is if I look at this fundamentally, I'm asking is too much being baked into the rate markets? What's the propensity for, for more rate hikes to be priced into the Aussie curve? Um, price is true. That's all that we care about, price action. Um, it looks strong, but it can, can it continue? I, you know, Chris, I, I think it can continue. And just for the record, uh, I played this twice uh, on the long side from last week, right after the show. Last week, I was long for a couple of days going into the RBA, exited, book profits. I bought it again today and I, and I took profits and I'm going to buy a dip tonight if I can get it. So that's just a, just a simple, you want to know what my playbook is here? I'm playing it to the long side and I think it plays right into that resistance there um, and could potentially even go higher. So uh, the the thing is, Chris, is um, you, all you have to do is sprinkle a little risk aversion. Do a do a and P overlay of this chart, and you'll realize if the S and P actually starts to break down, or any you know, and the risk markets start to break down, the Euro Aussie is one of the best trading vehicles in that environment. You'll see it I, rally I, even. I'm going to so. take your I'm going to take your S and P, and I'm going to raise you um, high yield credit spreads. The equity market, well, the equity market always looks at credit, right? You know, it's four times the size of the equity market. But if you look at high yield credit spreads, you know, they're, they're multi-month tights at the moment. If they start breaking down, the equity market will notice that. So one of the reasons why I think the equity market has been resilient, and yeah, look, it's, it's come under a bit of pressure recently, but one of the two reasons why it's been so resilient is that growth is still holding up pretty well, despite rate hikes. If growth was to falter, and some of the high frequency data starts to falter, one thing, but if credit spreads start to widen, especially on high yield, especially in this interest rate environment, then the equity market's going downtown to Chinatown. And I've set you up for that one. But, uh, you know, that's for me. That, that's the issue. So th th this Aussie Euro, Euro Aussie trade is, is a part dollar play as well. So if the US dollar does rally, uh, you are going to see the Aussie you know, come under pressure relative to the Euro as well. So for people who are long Euro Aussie, you want the US dollar to strengthen in that situation as well. Well, that's uh, some great information, Chris. And I'm going to tell you, one of the best places to be here is on the trade-off. And hey. I know a lot, of you, a lot of you guys love to salivate. You're just waiting for this show to come out every week. And we're <laughs> glad that you're here because we're going to be talking about a lot of really, really crucial topics in the, in the months ahead. I can guarantee you that. All right, let's go to the last uh, setup here because I got to pick on China a little bit. Um, you know, I was listening to a show earlier today, Chris, and I was, I was listening to this analyst talk about you know, the two sides of China. Um, and I want to I wanted to just take you over to the China 50 here. We are coming into some pretty key support. It's a 38% retracement. And really the question comes into, you know, the, the everybody's going to ask is, you know, what has been priced in for China? Um, and, you know, I'll tell you the markets right now are looking very vulnerable. And so a breakdown below that 38% retracement is just something that you've got to be aware of. And I don't, play the, the 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 china 50 i don't play this index and i don't play the cfd like a lot of your traders do but that doesn't mean i'm not paying very close attention because if that breaks down i am long the euro well was long the euro aussie earlier today i try i'm going to try to get back again tonight and how i'm going to be playing it is pounding the aussie if this breaks down if you see china break down i'm going to i'm going to step on the aussie's neck 
I'm also probably going to be looking to short copper. Those are plays that I'm going to be playing as, you know, China breaks back below the 200-day moving average. If we start getting down towards that 12,400, which I think is a very doable target, that's what I'll be looking at. What do you think of this setup? I think you Chris? bring up a great chart. So last week we talk, I talked about the the Kiwi dollar as a, as a trade, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to buy a breakout, a closing breakout, and we didn't get we didn't get that breakout. It didn't even yeah. come close. And and I was the premise of that was that that China was going to have a rally. We didn't see that happen, so the trade was never filled. Uh, but I still stand by the logic. I think it was, it, it, was, it was a logical trade. But what we've actually seen is China doing the opposite now. Um, look, there's been some, cons- I, yeah, I think, some incorrect concerns around the MPC meeting on the weekend and their 5% target. That target was set in December before they really even knew much about the reopening. Um, I think that 5% is going to represent a flaw. You know, previously, we've seen targets being smashed left, right and centre. So that 5% is a flaw. Um, but what I think psychologically it's done to the market is told us that they're not going to stimulate from a monetary perspective, anywhere near as aggressively as some people had hoped. And we're seeing a bit of despondence coming through in the equity market. So this is a key chart for me. If it breaks through those those lows, Aussie, Kiwi, that looks very similar to the to the, to the, the Kiwi dollar. So Aussie, Kiwi are going to come under pressure. You're going to see that expression in that central bank divergence trade. Euro Aussie is going to go higher into those targets there as well. So you bring up a great chart. The correlation with the, the Hang Seng, the HK50, the, the China 50 there uh, is very strong between those Antipodeans and copper as well. So yeah, a really key chart. If it breaks through that, I think that's going to be very powerful indeed. Anyway, let's go to play of the day. Let's see what's uh, on the mind there. Very difficult for me to make a play of the day because you've got so much is, is correlated to this non-farm story um, that we talked about there that I don't really want to be um, making too much in the way of calls um, and trades ahead of that situation. I'm, I'm rather, I'd rather react rather than prophesize ahead of that because, as I say, the, the balance of risk is uh, the bigger move in the dollar and the, and, and the markets is if we get a miss, but I think that we're probably going to get above. So I'm going to have a look at the crude market today because I think this is really interesting. Now, it probably sort of gets a little bit overlooked for other things, but we've got really clearly defined levels coming through in the crude market. <clears throat> so you can see this, this short-term uh, double top around 80.38. Um, we, we respected that one. It's also the 100-day moving average. You can see that sort of blue 100-day um, moving average, which has defined the upside in, in the crude market for some time. Uh, and again, you know, so I think there's some really very powerful support uh, resistance levels coming through in that double top 100-day moving average. Now, if we get a break of that, um, you know, we're looking for small longs into that that really strong uh, horizontal resistance level around sort of 82.30. If it breaks through that any size, then I'm, then I'm increasing my position size. I'm increasing my conviction levels around that. So I'm looking at these defined levels. I'm looking at the playbook. The market is going to push me into trades that I like. I like buying strength. I like buying, I like selling weakness. Of course, on the downside, you can see that 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 neckline of the double top, which comes in, uh, you know, around sort of 75 bucks or so. Uh, I think, yeah, we'll probably see some scalping activity into that. But if it breaks through that, that's where I'm going to be looking to increase my short. At the moment, we're, we're sort of trading a bit of a range, and I think that's going to be respected. But there's on the crude market, what I love about this is, is the market's respecting those technicals and it's giving us clearly defined parameters to work with. So no trade on it yet, but I'm just waiting for the market to reveal itself. Uh, and when it does, I think that's going to be very powerful indeed. Oh, so I, I think it's a great setup and it actually might factor into the, the, the my trade, my play of the day is the dollar Canadian. And you guys might remember this chart from a couple of weeks back. I keep a separate sub stack of charts uh, that I use exclusively here for this show for the trade-off. 
And you might have remember that Gartley pattern on the dollar Canadian, a break higher from two or three weeks ago. Anyway, we reached that target today, Chris, following the BOC. And the question that I'm looking at is, can we morph into a butterfly? And what happens with a Gartley pattern is they morph to butterflies if that rally or that trend continues, which could take us a whole heck of a lot higher. Now, you say you don't you like to react and NFP, I think this week, I think it's very important that you, you react. But if you can get into a trade and get into a nice profitable trade ahead of the data, like I don't I, I hope the data is weak. I don't think it's going to be weak. There's my take. I think so. That's right. If if I if I can get in the dollar Canadian some on a little bit of a dip, and I don't, I am not long, so I'm not talking my book, but I can trade it, get it get it long before it gets to like 139, and before Friday, that jobs report, I'd have plenty of cushion to move my stops to break even and possibly add on a strong number. And if it if it's a weak number, I get stopped out. So you know that's that's my play of the day here. I'm not talking my book, but I am looking to actively get long the dollar can. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because any of these dollar pairs are going to be thrown around by the outcome there. So it's a difficult one as well. So everyone out there, just make sure you're watching your position sizing. Understand how much leverage you've got in your position. Understand how much margin you're placing down. That's going to keep you in the game, especially if you're running multiple positions into that situation. Uh, in this kind of potentially turbulent times, I like to take my leverage ratios down a little bit. Uh, give myself a little bit more, bit more margin to play around with. But that really depends on you as an individual. But yeah, obviously looking at those position sizing, your position sizing needs to be um, relative to obviously the count balance, but also relative to the volatility in the market. And if I look at one week vols in FX markets and across gold uh, and, and in rates markets, they are pushing higher. Markets expecting movement. We need to react to that and, and, and obviously look at our position management around that. So anyway, just wise words from this old owl. Um, and I hope you've enjoyed today. Smash the like button if you can. Leave a comment about how you're seeing the risks in non-farm payrolls and for CPI next week, which don't forget is the big Mac Daddy economic data release. Anyway, thank you for joining us. We'll see you for more next week on The Trade-Off.